Welcome to Behind the Membership Season 2 Episode 6. In this episode I'm talking with Tim Topham from timtopham.com whose membership site is all about helping piano teachers to improve both their creative skills and their teaching businesses. Tim's had his Inner Circle membership site for two years now and in this episode we dive into how he made the leap from his teaching job to a full-time membership site owner and the challenges and opportunities that that's brought for him. We also talk about increasing member engagement with things like gamification, challenges and apps and attracting members with webinars. And we also dive into growing a team and the importance of just getting started and much more besides that as well. This is a great episode. Tim has a great membership site and shares some excellent advice and tips. So let's get started. Welcome to Behind the Membership with Callie Willows. Real people, real stories, real memberships. Today I'm joined by Tim Topham, piano teacher extraordinaire from timtopham.com and the Inner Circle membership. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today, Tim. It's an absolute pleasure being here, Kelly. I've been following what you and Mike have been up to for quite a few years now, so it's great to have finally met you and uh, be able to provide some uh, content for your crew. Yeah, I'm looking forward to diving more into your membership and what you're what you're up to. So, speaking of that, before we kind of dive into the the really good stuff, could you start by telling us a little bit about what your membership site is, what it offers, who it's for? Sure. So it's uh, it's very much a niche. Uh, it's for piano teachers uh, to learn how to teach better. Basically, if I was to put it very very simply, uh, so it's. Um, it, was, it, it developed out of my blog. So I had a blog and then a podcast. I launched a course and we can talk about this a little bit later uh, and then created the membership out of that. So it, it really offers training, support, uh, courses, connection to expert teachers and discounts uh, for piano teachers around the world. Awesome. And I love that you're, you're teaching the teachers there because there's a lot of music-based memberships out there, but most are kind of focused on the end user. So I love that was, you're kind of focusing on the teachers. Yeah, it was it was one of the considerations when I was thinking about setting up the membership. Uh, I didn't want to go down the route of teaching students how to play because, as you say, there are millions of YouTube channels devoted to that uh, and videos and already a lot of memberships. So I thought, you know what, uh, my, my skill has always been in speaking at conferences and talking to teachers. So it made sense that I differentiate myself that way anyway. Yeah. So what got you started with, you mentioned it started with a blog and a podcast. What kind of inspired you to start, start doing that? So it, it goes back to about 2010 when I was uh, just a regular piano teacher at a school uh, and I was doing some things that I thought were very normal, teaching kids the 12 bar blues, showing them how to compose, uh, jamming with backing tracks uh, and a number of the other teachers at the school were popping in and asking me what I was doing and how I was doing it and that that was really cool. And I'm like, well, that was kind of what I've always done. So I started writing down uh, blog articles about what I was doing in case it was of interest to anyone. Uh, and I also started writing down my general ideas about music education, books I've read, lectures I'd been to. And lo and behold, people started following it and getting traction and uh, giving me their email addresses and things like that. So I was able to build an audience from nothing. And over the course of about four years, uh, I worked out that one of the big things that piano teachers wanted was help teaching pop music. A lot of uh, classical uh, or um traditional music education is based very much around uh, classical music and, and the interpretation performance and those sorts of things. So when kids started coming in to teachers and it's happening more and more now wanting help teaching pop music, uh, they really hadn't, they, they didn't know what to do. And so I was more than happy to help them because it's something that I've always done with my students. I've always been happy to, to teach them what they want to learn. So I thought, okay, I'll put a course together. So I created a course over a, September school holidays. I literally was at my keyboard and computer with a microphone and an editing software and I did everything myself. I created an eight-part video course and uh, released that at the end of 2014 and uh, it did very, very well. Um, but what I found was that I didn't have much of a connection to the teachers who were taking the course and I wanted to give them more support. So they could leave questions on each module but 
they couldn't really connect with other people who were doing that course or had a similar mindset. And it wasn't easy for me to share my own ideas. And so I'd be getting these back and forth emails directly to people answering questions and just thinking, this is, this is insane. All this, I've got to scale this more and be able to spread this to a larger number of people. And so it was a combination of that, providing more close support and allowing people to get together as a tribe and a group that formed my thinking around creating the membership. Awesome. And so how long ago did you actually launch the membership then? That was March 2016. So we've just had our second birthday. So it was approximately two year or a year and a half or thereabouts after the launch of the first course. Okay. And did you find that launching, having already created the course, already having built up this audience, uh, meant that the membership launch went a lot smoother, do you think? Yes, I think so. And I, I would encourage people who are considering memberships, as I think you guys do, to have to preferably have some kind of audience already, uh, some group who you know want what it is you're offering because it's so sad when people put all this effort into launching something and there's there's crickets. So having that was was a big part of, of me being able to, to start. But like everyone, my membership started with a, a beta launch. I gave an initial crew a, a month's free access and then the best discount of all time, which they're still locked into and um, most of them are still there. Um, and they they we, we built from there. Started with about, I don't know, 30, 40 people and, uh, and it's grown since then. Awesome. And so is the membership a full-time project business for you now or are you still teaching as well? It's full-time uh, as of the end of 2016. I quit my full-time teaching job at, at school. So up until that point, I'd been teaching in schools for most of my career. So I quit doing that, but I still teach a few students at home. So I've got about uh, five students or thereabouts, uh, just enough to be my guinea pigs for my wacky ideas <laughs> and, uh, and give me a springboard for ideas and things like that. Yeah, I was going to say with your kind of topic, it presumably helps to kind of still keep your hand in there on, on the teaching side of things. Totally. So you've had the membership for just over two years now. What would you say has actually been your biggest challenge so far? Uh, I, I think it's changed over time. At, at the start, your biggest concern is always acquiring people. Will people join this? Are people prepared to pay? How much are they prepared to pay? Uh, so acquiring members and growth was the biggest challenge at the start. Now that it's growing, uh, my biggest challenge is engagement and keeping uh, retention up and keeping people engaged and interested in what's going on enough that they'll continue to keep a membership going. Uh, in my industry, uh, a lot of teachers, unfortunately, don't charge enough for their own services and nine out of 10 of them aren't business trained and probably half of them don't really think naturally like business people. So uh, pricing uh, a membership like mine is is quite challenging and it's, you know, it's another um, reason why uh, getting that price point has been a challenge as well from, from the beginning. Uh, it's, it's also harder than I think a lot of business to business memberships, even though that's what mine is. I almost don't think of it like that because a lot of these businesses that I'm selling to are so small and niche and, and aren't sort of rolling around in cash. So it's, uh, I have to take a, a different approach to a lot of other memberships that clearly go enterprise or business to business in a big way. Well, and so you mentioned pricing having been an issue there. So has the price changed a lot since you launched? Yes, it's. So we started with um, quite a really good price. It was about, uh, I think it was about $20 a month and $200 a year or thereabouts in US dollars. Uh, and it's now up to $39 a month and $399 per year. Uh, but what I do and, um, you know, acquiring members, as I said, it's not so much of a stress for me now because I've worked out uh, something that works really well for me anyway, and that's webinars. And so what I do when I run a webinar and I do one each month, as we tend to launch a course as well each month, uh, I tend to offer a discount on the membership. And so that's when uh, the majority of our members come in each month. 
Awesome. So actually, let's dig into that a little bit further. So you mentioned webinars are working really well for kind of bringing those new members in. Is that a live webinar, did you say, that you're doing every month? Right. So I've got both. I, I have live and automated webinars. So the live ones we do, yeah, one a month towards the end of the month normally. And um, we're, we're, we, we tend to get about a thousand registered people for those. And I use Facebook advertising to to um, drive traffic to our registration page as well. So that, that helps build up our numbers. Uh, so that is live each month and then we also have a number of I think there's probably six or thereabouts automated webinars that people can join anytime and that have all been previously live webinars so I've just converted them from live uh, to the automated system and some are linked up to email uh, autoresponding sequences and all that kind of juicy stuff as well. Awesome so you, you're actually based in Australia, aren't you? So I'm curious there with the webinars, um, whether you focus that on an Australian market or whether you still, I know you price in US dollars, so are you still targeting kind of mainly US members? How are you working that? Yeah, it's, it's always a challenge. And I know you guys do live events too and try and capture uh, people around the world. The, the market is definitely global and I have uh, a large number in the US and, well, and overseas generally. So I definitely try and make sure my webinars are attendable by people in different time zones. So it tends to be early morning Australia, uh, midnight UK and afternoon um, in the US and, and while there's always people we'll never catch because it's on while they're teaching in the afternoon, we always offer replays which are live for 48 hours and then we grab the replay recording and we put it in our membership for members to grab at any time. Cool. And so you mentioned that you do a discount on that webinar. Is that always the same discount or do you do different offers each month? I've tried some different offers and I've now stuck to a pretty regular $10 off a month or $100 or sometimes $150 off a year and we grandfather those prices in. So it's it's just been a matter of testing like anything when you're running an online business or trying to do marketing campaigns, uh, you've got to test different things. So going back to the time zones, I tested running one of my webinars uh, I did in two, I did two two live ones of the same webinar, and for one of them I got up at four in the morning in order to try and catch you guys UK in the in Europe in the afternoon, and um, it didn't pay off in the end at all. It was it was not one that uh, that had many conversions. So again, it's but it's worth testing these things. So I'm always trying new time zones. Um, we're not mucking around too much with the discounting at the moment and I don't want to do much more than we are. Um, and it seems to be working. It seems to be a price point now that people are comfortable with. Awesome. And so what's actually been the highlight of running your membership so far, do you think? Uh, I, oh, there's been lots. Um, I, I take a lot of enjoyment out of online marketing and learning about business from listening to podcasts, reading blogs uh, and all those kinds of things. So it's, it's very much a personally satisfying process to go through building your own business from scratch. And as I say, trying out different things, seeing how they work, pivoting to new concepts, trying new releases, those kinds of things. So I get lots of satisfaction from that. But I think above all, the biggest satisfaction I get is from when I go and speak at events and people come up to me and say just how much of an impact their membership has had on them by trying out a course and suddenly a student that was going to leave them has stayed and is now uh, thriving or they've been able to find 10 new students in the month when they thought they were going to have to close their studio uh, and things like this. So for me, it's, it's very much about the, the feedback I get about the power of what I'm doing. And that goes for podcasting and blogging as well. Many people, uh, you guys know the power of podcasting. Uh, it's amazing how many wonderful comments I get about just simple interviews I've had on the podcast and the effect they've had too. So I think that really is the the most important thing for me. Yeah, I love that. And as you said there, it, it's always, I find when you go to those kind of events, the amount of people that actually listen and pay attention to what you're doing that you don't even know about is always a little bit crazy. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's this funny kind of celeb celebrity status in your very small niche, uh, which is is really fun, and and I, I really enjoy it. Um, and as I say, it's it's about you know having that impact, and and I think it it comes back to as well. I had a point. The point at which I decided to go full time into the membership and, and quit school teaching, I, I can distinctly remember. I did a lot of accompanying at my old school job, so this is where the pianist would play for a solo instrument student going for an exam. And I was up to my twelfth rehearsal with a you know little eight year old kid playing their first year of violin and scratching away, and and I was kind of thumping around on the piano, and I was just thinking, you know, why am I doing this? I, I it is, this is not what I should be doing with myself. Um, and so for me, another aspect of this whole membership going full-time and building it enough to sustain me uh, means that I can have a much wider impact than I would have had if I was just teaching my 30 students. I can now teach a 1,000 teachers who all teach 30 students and look at the impact that I can now have with the things that I'm doing. And so do you feel then that being able to go full-time in the membership enabled you to grow it much more than you would have been able to if it was still kind of a sideline? Absolutely. And I remember every day driving to work and I would listen to podcasts at every second that I possibly could while I was working full-time, writing down ideas, coming home, working all weekend, working as late at night as I could without annoying people around me. Uh, And... Uh, there's only so much you can do. And it it got me to the point where I was able to see the trajectory that things were going to go. And at worst case, you know, I could go back and be a teacher at any time. So for me, it was a risk. There was a risk, but it was very much calculated. And 100%, I've been able to grow it far more effectively now that I can do it full time. That's great to hear. And so you mentioned live events there as well. Are these your own live events or are these other people's events that you're speaking at? Predominantly other people. So the national conferences in America, I I tend to speak at and in Australia. I went over to London as well uh, earlier this year. So speaking at those big conferences um, is, it's, it's a great thing for branding and awareness and connecting with people uh, and I'm a great networker I love doing that uh, it, it's not such a driver of immediate membership so so certainly if people are listening and they're they're thinking oh should I be a public speaker and will that bring lots of people to my membership I'd say well I don't know about you guys but my answer is no that won't but what it will do is give you connections it'll allow people to see you and you've got one more touch point in their process of deciding whether they go with you or not yeah, I think that's a, a great way of looking at it. And yeah, we've we've found the same thing. It's great for raising your platform. I say we, but obviously it's Mike that kind of does all this <laughs> right. for us, really. Um, and he's very good too, I must say. <laughs> He'll be glad to hear that. But yeah, as you said, it, you don't necessarily get the direct members unless it's a really targeted audience to what you're what you're talking about. But it is great for that raising the platform, raising the connections, and yeah, also exactly. getting people that are already part of your network. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I have run some uh, events myself and in conjunction with other, um, what I call my experts in my community. Uh, and I'd like to do more of them in the future. But, uh, you know, they're, it's, it's another, it's, it's definitely on the cards that I would like to do some big uh, piano teaching conferences. But, you know, there's, there's always risks to weigh up and things like that. So it's on the cards for the future, but there's no date set yet. Cool. And so you mentioned when we talked about challenges that, kind of engagement and retention is kind of one of the challenges at the minute. So what are you actually doing to encourage that engagement with your members? So we've tested quite a few different things. Uh, In the earlier days, we tested sending all our new members handwritten welcome cards and all our monthly members would get little chocolate gifts uh, at key points in their membership. Uh, And that was really successful. Uh, We got great feedback from it and it certainly positively affected our churn rates when we first introduced that. But what we found was that it gets really expensive as well. So I've more recently, just on the starting new members off, um, started doing Bonjoro, which is the personalized videos, which I I learned about from you guys, I think. And uh, and that's been getting some great response as well. Uh, And I can also with that, which I couldn't do with the gifts, direct people to take action 
And for me, that's introducing themselves in the forums. And I think you guys have a very similar approach. Um, so that's on the new member side. Um, at the moment, I'm working on the onboarding sequence and it's like a constant iteration of, of what's the best thing to get people to do to have the most impact in the shortest amount of time to, to get them to have that quick win. Um, and so we've been using Intercom for quite a while and we're only now just setting up the customer attributes and event tracking so that the member onboarding is related to events that people are taking rather than just a time-based sequence. So I think that's going to have an effect as well. Obviously, you know, general emails are important. Um, and also for us, challenges. So we run four-week challenges every uh, three or four times a year generally where we just say, right, this is our time frame, April. And in fact, we're right in the middle towards the end of one now. Uh, who wants to join? Here, here is your list of um, possible choices. We give them about four sections. So that, you know, teaching ideas, business ideas, personal health. Uh, and they set their goals, they journal each week uh, and we award a, a, a winner, you know, in inverted commas. Um, so I think those things are really good. Um, but also for us, just getting the technology right so that things like progress tracking can be more effective. So people can see where they are in our roadmap or in a course and they can get a certificate at the end. These things I didn't have when I first set things up. So they're the kinds of changes that we're making, which I hope will um, will continue to improve retention. Oh, and I think mobile too uh, is really important. So we, we've got forums in in our membership with BB Press and Buddy Press, but they're really clunky on mobile. That and, and I don't want I don't want to use them on mobile. So why would my members? Um, so we're working really hard at uh, an app which will present our forums more like Facebook, which is what everyone's used to and what seems to work so well. So that's another one for the future. Oh, great. And are you having that completely custom developed that app or is that um, using a tech that's already out there? If, if I had the money, I'd probably do it <laughs> custom, but there's, um, there is tech out there already. We're, we're going to be shifting soon to um, buddy boss themes, uh, in particular the learn social learner it's called so it's it's really great if you i think you guys are aware of it for a combination of if you're using learn dash and buddy press it's a really good theme for that um buddy boss or the company uh, app boss i can't remember what they're called anyway they've got um some react native apps that they can design to suit membership sites uh, and so I'm just having a look into that at the moment because I don't want to start from scratch. There's no point reinventing the wheel and spending 50 grand if you can get something for less. So that's what we're looking into at the moment. We haven't decided on a course of action yet. But I did actually um, launch my own app um, for just the free content. So not the membership side, the podcast, the videos, social and the blog. Um, and I used um, a service called contenta.io, which is a kind of new service that is is creating apps for people like this that are they're, they're templated but they just draw in the information from your website and what i found is my a lot of my audience aren't very tech savvy and so when i say go and listen to my podcast a lot of them don't know what a podcast is so to be able to say to them download the app and then click that podcast button and you can listen away uh, has been really good for us oh great and so have you found that that has kind of affected the amount of traffic and traction you're getting with that free content Yes, it's, but it's really hard to definitely assign one to the other. So there's been an uptick for sure since we launched the app, but we've also added some Google AdWords, for example, and things like that. So it's really hard. I don't know how you guys go about this, but unless you only change one thing, which you don't really want to do because if you're entrepreneurial, you're like, let's try everything. Um, it's really hard to make a convincing argument that it was directly related how do you go with that? Uh, yeah, this is where having two of us kind of helps because I'm kind of the person where I get all the ideas and I'm like, let's just do all of the things. And then Mike's like, no, let's do one thing at a time so we can like <laughs> measure what works. Um, but yeah. It, well, it, you're, you're more disciplined than me. <laughs> yeah. That's, unless I can get away with doing something without Mike noticing, then uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to happen knowing Mike as I do from, from online anyway. Yeah. I don't think anything <laughs> slips past him somehow. No, this is why I'm not allowed to touch the website. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah so um just one last question on the app there so with that it's for your free content so are you presenting that to people when they come to your website on the desktop have you got kind of a pop-up or information there asking people to download the app we don't have a pop-up we've just got a link at the bottom of the homepage, and it's something that i mention at all my when i speak uh in particular and we mention it in emails things like that so it's it's not completely in your face we probably could make it more in your face but we've you know we've already got other pop-ups and i'm very pop-up conscious as i think we all should be uh, yeah definitely and so going back to the engagement and retention then you mentioned about the buddy press forums and intercom and creating that app for that are you finding that it's more a tech issue rather than people not wanting to engage in the community uh, yes, I think so. I think tech has a big, a big impact here. You've, you've got to make access as simple as possible for people to, to do what they need to do whenever they are wanting to do it. And so for, for most people, it, it's mobile. And so I think, you know, step one is to have a mobile responsive membership site, obviously, but a lot of mobile responsiveness you know, it's great for blogs and podcasts and static content and even content with a video on the page. But when it comes to courses and forums and things like that, it just is really awkward. So I don't think it's as much as um, related to people not enjoying the content. It's about just making it as easy to use as possible. And it's certainly the, you know, feedback we're getting from, from people when we do surveys and things like that. So it's, it's big on my list. Um, I tend to work in quarterly goals and this quarter is engagement and retention quarter. So I'm working really hard on it. Cool. And is there anything else you're implementing there then in this quarter for that engagement and retention? Yeah, there is. We're, we're, the other thing we're looking at is coaching and mentoring groups. And a lot of members have been asking more and more about getting help, personalized help one-on-one with specific people. And, and I, I always put up my hand and say, look, I don't know everything there is to know about music education. And that's why I put this community together. I wanted lots of great minds together in one place. So the, one of the other things we're doing this quarter is, is making it really easy for people to connect with other people. And this can be members to members and also members to our our invited expert teachers and also members to external experts who I know who aren't necessarily involved. And I've been finding that as the community has grown, we're starting to get some incredibly experienced, talented people in there who have heaps to offer. So it's just a matter of finding a way to connect the members together for that. Uh, and one other thing we're looking at, not this quarter, but later in the year is a rewards system. So we've been using Badge OS for, for points since it started, but I never actually thought it through very well. Um, and I think a lot of people probably do this. It's like, oh, we've got to gamify and do points and badges, but not really have an overview of how it all looks. And so, and that's what I did. Um, so what we're going to be doing now is a much more planned earning point system with rewards that the teachers want things like private coaching lessons with expert teachers uh, discounts on sheet music things like that so that's in line for later this year and i think you know i think that's going to be another thing that helps us with our engagement and retention yeah i love that and i love that idea of tying the rewards in with things that actually your members are telling you that they're wanting anyway so it makes that even more valuable right and hopefully as, you know, as they complete a course, then that's going to be more value in points earning to them than posting in the forums, which will also earn points. And coming to a live coaching or a webinar, that might be a little bit more again. So by it's not going to suit every member, I know that, but by encouraging some of those members to make an effort to join some of those live events, they're going to learn more, they're going to get more engaged, they're going to meet more members, they're going to hopefully make more change, which has more success and also they get these points which they can then convert to some coaching or whatever it is. Yeah, that's a great idea. And so just a couple of questions about your your content there. So you mentioned your courses there. Is the site set up so that members kind of should go through things in a particular order or is it more of a pick and mix people come in and, and choose what they want to learn? 
It's a good question because it's something we've been thinking about. At the moment, it's pick and mix and people will come into the membership for different reasons. And so I think it's good that it's open, that people can can do whatever they want. Some will come through a blog post perhaps about teaching beginners and so they'll want the full beginner course. Others will come wanting to know about their business so they want the marketing course. One thing we're trialing, again, testing out, is having a cohort of people start a course at the same time and um, supporting them over the course of a month to take a course with some little triggered emails here and there saying, you know, how's it going? We you should have finished this by now and those sorts of things and then connecting them. When, when we update our theme, they'll be able to see much more easily who else is doing one of these courses and so I think that will help too. They can connect and chat with each other. So, yes, that's, that's a plan for the future. Awesome. And so are you also releasing regular new content or is it just an existing course library people get access to? We release one main course a month and we also each month do, I do quite a few quick win videos or I might have an expert uh, interview that's not available elsewhere. And we also do a live coaching each month. So I'll invite on a special guest. We'll have a particular topic. So it might be you know, teaching group improvisation or teaching preschoolers, which is coming up this month for us. Uh, and then we'll have a, a live coaching call with everyone in a Zoom room on screen, um, all having a chat about whatever it is and being able to ask questions of that expert. So they're, they're the main sources of new content. I'm trying to think what else we do. We also add podcasts to the forums. Uh, so people can easily download things without having to enter their email addresses. And I think that's the, they're the main things. And in surveys that I've given teachers, I asked them once, what do you think about the amount of content we're putting out? Too little, too much, just right. And most of them would just right. So I'm going to stick to what we're doing. It seems to be working. Yeah, it sounds like a, a good variety there each month as well. So something for everyone essentially. Is it right. just you creating this content or have you got a team helping you as well? No, we've got a bit of a team. It's, um, it's building quite quickly, which, which is great. Uh, as, as I realize that I can't do everything and I shouldn't be doing everything, uh, I am realizing that I need more help. So we've got a content manager for the blog. So he looks after everything front-facing that's free on the blog. And I've got a community manager. And she supervises all the community side of things. So running the coaching, uploading the courses, those kinds of things. She's got an assistant community manager who just does the tech side of the uploading and you know, the, the course stuff from the back end. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a really important part of the team. And, yeah, there's, I don't know, I think we've got about 12 at the moment in various freelance roles uh, around the world. It's just, isn't it amazing how we can use people wherever they are in the world. I think it's phenomenal. And I just encourage anyone who's listening who might be just starting or thinking of starting, you know, I also, I I often used to listen to podcasts with, you know, the Amy Porterfields and Pat Flynn's and they're always like, oh, my team this and my team that. And I was like, I don't have a team. What am I meant to do? And so, and I don't want to be that kind of person who's interviewed. So I, I started with just me doing everything. And my, my advice, I guess, would be to, just find one or two of those jobs that you do regularly, which is incredibly repetitive. And that if you just recorded a screencast, you could, if you could find someone, they could follow those instructions and do it. Uh, And for me, I think my first hire was the person who is now my community manager, who also is my podcast producer. And I asked her first off, I found her to help me out with show notes. And that was just something I didn't want to rewatch my videos and podcasts and start writing notes on them. So uh, it's not as big a jump as you think if you haven't got a team to start finding someone to help you out. Uh, so I'd say, you know, just go for it. And what I'm learning is that I've got skills in certain areas and I should be using my skills in those areas and not wasting time trying to code my website or design a logo or upload things or whatever it is if I can find other people to do that so that I can focus on the next level stuff, the higher level things. Yeah, I and think I'm taking my own advice there <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great advice though because I think there is that, you know, initially in the early days, a lot of the time you do everything because you have to because you're building things and you're getting started and then 
you kind of you just get into the habit of doing it all yourself and actually there comes a point where you have to step back and be like okay is this the best use of my time should you know can I hand this over to somebody else so that I can move forward on making the business even better in other ways and Mm. yeah I think that's great advice there on how you can start with doing that yep uh, absolutely. And and because you can hire people hour to hour, uh, you know, as a freelancer on, on Upwork or wherever you choose to, to find people, it, you know, there's no, it's not like you're hiring someone full time and having to pay them a salary of a hundred grand a year or anything. You, if, if one week you only have an hour's work and the next week you have 10, then that's okay. That's, that's part of, part of the flexibility that that affords. So, so, you know, go for it. Yeah, definitely. And so, as we're on the subject, let's kind of talk about life as a membership site owner now. What kind of tasks are you actually doing on a day-to-day basis yourself? Um, I, I laugh because there's a whole list of them which I would love to hand off and I, and I will hand off as my next main main hire when, I, when I'm able to budget for it. And that's all the marketing um, stuff. So uh, looking for a campaign manager to do all the webinar promotions and the funnels and the, all of that stuff. Uh, so I'm doing all of that at the moment. Um, but what I have been able to train my team to do is things like for a webinar, I've recorded, it's like a 17-step process from start to finish of everything you need to do for a webinar as well as you know, creating the coupon codes and setting up the registration page and uh, setting up webinar jam and active campaign and all that kind of stuff. So things like that I've, I've passed on, which is good. So my main role is uh, engaging with my members in the forums, uh, looking after the team and, uh, and guiding them and helping them uh, as I need to. And looking more bigger picture about courses. So we've started to get other experts to help create courses. Uh, and I, I actually think it's really good that I'm not doing them all because we get these different opinions and perspectives, which is fantastic. So another part of my role, and it's another reason I love speaking and going to conferences is building relationships with other people that I can bring in as experts or bring in as live coaches or as reward coaches when we get our reward system set up. Uh, so more things uh, of that nature. So I'm trying to, as much as I can, take a bigger picture view of the business as a whole and how we can grow and develop. And so a lot of my time actually at the moment is on, for example, the onboarding and the engagement stuff and just implementing that and working with my developer to work out how we're going to do things. So I'm still... I wish I could say I'm, you know, on a beach and I just phone in every hour or you know, an hour a day or whatever it is, but I'm very much in there. I've been doing it for two years, but I'm very much in there uh, on a day-to-day basis trying to keep things improving uh, and, and working on new content ideas as well. Cool. And so how much time do you think it actually takes you each, each week or each month in the membership? Uh, I should know this, shouldn't I? Because I do use rest. Excuse me. I do use rescue time. Um, I think I probably at my computer, it's probably more or less a a working week, probably a bit more. uh, So 40 or 50 hours, I'd guess. Uh, I would love to cut that down and I'm trying to work less on the weekends uh, and I have a partner who helps me not do that. (laughs) Uh, So that, that, that's definitely something that I'm working on. and And I realized that, uh, it's certainly not healthy to work too much. So um, I, I do big blocks of work during the day. So a lot of people I speak to uh, can't imagine working for themselves and actually getting anything done. They just say, oh, how do you not just sit and watch Netflix or <laughs> you know, go and play with your dog or whatever it is? And it's like, no, I, I don't know. I've always been really organized and I just go bang. I'm up early and I start doing whatever it is I'm doing. I'm quite often practicing one of these pianos behind me as well. I've been trying to do that more too. <laughs> cool. And so you mentioned there as well um, that you've started getting other people involved in the membership in terms of creating content for you, the coaching side of things. Have you found it difficult to actually get other people on board with that? Uh, no, it's been um, surprisingly inter- you know, easy, but I think it's because I've built relationships with people over time anyway uh, and, I, and that certainly helps although sometimes I do reach out and just say hey you know we'd love to get you involved in this 
whatever it is. Uh, but more often it will be because of a podcast interview or maybe I did a Facebook live interview with someone and that's like, hey, you know what? I think you'd be really good at creating a, one of our segments of our roadmap. So we've, we've got a roadmap that takes people through from starting their studio to pivoting to another business even if they want to. And so, you know, it's, uh, sometimes I'll go or I'll be aware on Facebook that uh, in one of our piano teaching groups that someone's talking and giving lots of great advice about uh, creating big studios with hundreds of kids in them. And so I might reach out to them and go, hey, you, you seem to know what you're doing here. Uh, actually, funnily enough, that happens. That's been happening a few times recently. And then I've gone into my membership and looked them up and they're actually members already. And I hadn't actually made the connection. So that's been funny too. But just making those, just being aware of what's going on. I, I absorb content as well as create it. And I think that's important just to keep your finger on the pulse of your industry and what's going on. Uh, and so just reaching out to people and some of them I've been really surprised. I thought there is no way this person would want to create a course for little old me. And so far, I've, I've, yes, I've had a few knockbacks, but most of them have been really positive or they've done something else if they couldn't do a course. Well, and I think that's great to hear because I think a lot of people worry about having to create all the content themselves or that they're not necessarily an expert in a particular topic that they want to cover. And I think, you know, the fact that you can get other people involved is, is a great approach to that. Definitely. Uh, and, and case in point, I've been a, I built the inner circle membership community primarily as a way to help teachers get more creative in their lessons. As I mentioned, you know, starting with the pop music or, or t teaching kids how to jam and play the blues and things like that. But over time, as more members have come in, it's morphed a little bit into that plus business strategy and, and support. And while I've run my own studio from home, I haven't run big studios. And so that side of thing, I needed other people to help me with because I'm not the best person to teach that. And so that, that's where I would definitely say to, to people listening, you, you, don't, you definitely don't have to create everything in your membership. And you also don't have to pay people necessarily to create things for you. A lot of people just want to get eyeballs in front of them and, and their book that they've written or their website that they've got. So uh, definitely reach out to people and, and, and get help because it's, for me, it's all about the collective genius. I stole that term from somebody else, but you know, the collective power of the group is, is what is most important in a membership. It's not just all about me. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're right there that it's not just all about you as the membership owner is, is a great realization to have for, for a lot of sites really. Yeah. And so is there anything you actually wish you'd known earlier or would do differently if you were starting again? Oh, good question. For me, I think if I was to start this again, knowing what I know now, I would probably get the technology set up right from the start. And by that, I mean, I cobbled together the membership site myself with no developer and no designer uh, as, as a little adjunct to my blog. And, and, you know, it's, we're still paying the price of some of the things that I did back then and some of the shonky foundations that I laid. Uh, it really was a, a house of cards in some ways stacked on, on sand. So we've had to do a lot of shoring up more recently, particularly as it's grown to make sure it's uh, secure and stable. Uh, so I think if I was to do it again, I would just get that technology right. So get the right host, get the right theme, uh, and I think your your mem member only theme is fantastic. Uh, you know, there's, there's there's only a few I would even consider. Yours would be one of them, and the the boss. Um, what am I thinking, buddy Social boss? Those, those guys, Social Learner. I think is fantastic. Uh, I would get that right, and I would do whatever I can to make it really easy to use on mobile. So that would be my advice to people. And I'm I'm not sure. I've played around with your IP board on mobile, and I think it's not too bad. It's not quite Facebook, but it's not. It's 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 pretty good. It's better than Buddy Press for sure. BB Press. Uh, so yeah, that that would be my main kind of things to get right. I think, but but I would say, don't let any of that stuff stop you from starting. And it's okay to start with a bit of a skeleton and not too much content, and you kind of did it yourself. Much better to do that than to always think 
it should be better and never get started. Yeah, definitely. Just get it going. Don't get it perfect. Correct. Minimum viable product, right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And so what would you say overall then the impact of having a membership has had on your life, your business? Oh, it's been huge, Kelly. Uh, you know, I'm more happy now than I've ever been in my working life. As much as I enjoyed teaching piano, for me, there was always something more. I was always an entrepreneurial kind of kid. I ran a lot of businesses through my life and, and none of them stuck and, and had, shown, has, had shown success like this one has. So I'm, I'm doing what I want. It's 100% my passion, which I'm very lucky and all the music teachers out there, we're very lucky people because for most of us, our passion is our profession and, and that's really special. And to be able to have such an impact on, on people, but at the same time, be master of my own destiny is great. Not having to ask people for permission to do this or that uh, and be able to make my own decisions and drive my own uh, my own vehicle, I, I guess. I think that that's really meaningful. And for someone that wants to do that kind of thing, I, I can only say, just just go for it. You know, get yourself set up right. You don't want to take a complete leap into the dark. But when you're ready, even if no, when you're not ready, <laughs> but you think you are, think you might be, give it a shot uh, because you never know quite what will come of it. Yeah, love that. So as we wrap up, then I'd love to know what's next for the inner circle. Where where would you like to be in twelve months' time? Well, obviously, uh, continuing to grow our numbers. I, I would love in the next 12 months to run or be very close to running my first live event, probably here in Australia to start with, and then perhaps in the United States if, you know, if, I, could, if I could work out how to do it right. Uh, so so getting, doing some live stuff would be great. Um, and I guess getting the membership, the technology all at the point where I don't have to think about it anymore and it just works. So that all I'm really concentrating on is getting more great people in to help create great information and support for teachers. Uh, and, and just, yeah, so I can focus on, on, on the content really solely rather than always on the nitty gritty side of things. So yeah, that's, that's my little vision for the next 12 months. Uh, yeah. Wish me luck. <laughs> Definitely. I don't think you'll need it, but good luck anyway. But yeah, no, I think there there's some great goals to aim for and it it's it's more about that kind of just improvement and growth rather than needing to make any huge big changes, I think. Right. Yeah. And it comes back to what I was saying before about having an impact. I mean, it's already having a significant impact on the lives of many, many teachers and students. And uh, if I can continue to expand that, then that's that's a great thing. But you know, it's already it's already doing what it was designed to do, which is have an impact around the world. Yeah, it's always already doing good. So you just want to make that even further. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So if someone wants to check out the site, then find out more about you and what you're up to. Where's the best place for them to do that? So the best place to start is timtopham.com. So that's T-I-M. T-O-P-H-A-M.com. Uh, that's my blog uh, and podcast. So all my, my free stuff, you could download my app, of course, <laughs> if you're on the Google Play or Apple Store, just search for Tim Topham. Uh, and, uh, and there's a link to the membership site at the top of that page. So um, people can check that out. You won't, oh yeah, yeah. You can actually check out the, um, the sales page there, you know, what's on offer and how I've structured things. So yeah, welcome to, um, to, to do that. And um, if people have got questions, uh, you know, I'm more than happy. Um, I'm, you know, I haven't got a huge amount of time, but if, if I can help a few other people, uh, particularly if they're in the music industry, I'd love to support other people in the music industry. So um, people can reach out to me at support at timtopham.com if they want to. I love that. That's very generous of you. I'm sure you'll get some uh, uptakes on that. <laughs> You're welcome. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, it's been great speaking with you too. And I have to say, you've got a lovely looking sales page. I was I was looking at it the other week and yeah, it's a really nice sales page. Well, thank you. Isn't it funny though? I look at that and go, oh, isn't that terrible? I really need to improve that. <laughs> and then I hear people say lovely things like that. So it just goes to show we're always uh, perfectionists and, and we can always see things that we can do better. But uh, you're right. It goes back to that. Just you know, get something up there 
and um, and track and test to make sure it's working. But thank you. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> no problem. And so, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today, Tim. And it's been a pleasure talking with you and, and finding out more about what you're up to. And I'm really looking forward to watching where the inner circle goes next. Thank you very much, Kelly. It's been a pleasure um, getting to know you and being a part of your community as well. Uh, I can only say amazing things about Member Site Academy uh, and your um, yours and Mike's podcast, of course. Uh, and you know, I've learned lots just being able to ask questions of other membership site owners. Um, and I've I've managed to pick up a good friend along the way in uh, Christopher Sutton, who you had on season one. So uh, definitely check it out if you're a membership site owner and listening to this. Make sure you check out Member Site Academy. It is fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. The check's in the post. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for a T-shirt, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure that could be arranged. Oh, uh, yeah. No, thank you once again so much for joining me, Tim. It's been great talking with you. Absolute pleasure, Kelly. Thank you. That's it for another episode, folks. Thanks once again to Tim for sharing details about his membership with us. And I love his advice on making sure you get started rather than wait for things to be perfect, even if it does mean you need to change things later on. I also really appreciated Tim's approach to building a team to support you with your membership, as well as bringing in experts to share the content creation side of things. What I love most, though, is Tim's attitude towards testing and implementing changes and how he's not afraid to keep trying new things to make his already great membership even better. Be sure to check out Tim's site at timtopham.com and if you'd like to pick up the transcript or show notes from this episode, head on over to themembershipguys.com slash btm16. And of course, I'd love to hear your top takeaway from this episode over in the free Facebook group at talkmemberships.com. Thanks so much for listening and I'll be back with another episode of Behind the Membership next week. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Behind the Membership, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Member Site Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discount perks and tools and a supportive active community to help you along the way with feedback encouragement and advice the member site academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start manage and grow a successful membership website so check it out at membersiteacademy.com